Today on CityCast Salt Lake, RJ Walker is here and we're talking about Salt Lake's relationship with magic, which, if you think about it, was foundational to the city's entire urban plan. It's Monday, February 14th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta and this is CityCast Salt Lake. RJ Walker, welcome back to CityCast Salt Lake. Glad to be back. I'm so excited to chat with you about the history of magic in Salt Lake City. But first, can you define magic for me? Let's put it this way. Let's say magic is synonymous with metaphysics. Okay. And metaphysics is the study of things that are not real but exist anyway. Mm, Oh, I love that. Oh, that's spooky. Kind of. I mean... Because we're constantly working with things that don't exist, that aren't real, but exist anyway. Money, for example. Not real. We made it up. (laughs) It's totally made up. Yeah. We made that up. But it exists anyway, right? And it's critically important. But magical belief, different than scientifical belief. Scientifical belief, you can prove through repeated experimentation uh, how something, whether or not something exists through repeated tests. Magic, you cannot do that is a spiritual concept and you cannot prove uh, it through repeated tests and it is unique a unique experience for different uh, for different individuals and Mormonism is so steeped in magic Mormonism is a twice soaked Earl Grey tea bag of magic <laughs> Uh, so, uh, even, even at its beginnings with things like dowsing, which the church actually has endorsed, uh, the, the practice of dowsing, which other churches have, would, would have deemed as, uh, witchcraft. What is dowsing? Um, it's two metal sticks that are shaped like L's and you hold on to the little feet of the L's. Okay. And uh, the rods will point in one way or another and lead you to secret things. Oh, okay. You can also use them in mediumship to communicate with ghosts. So you can say uh, rods out for yes, rods crossed for no, for example. And then the ghost will move your rods. So this is like, that's like Farmer's Almanac stuff. Oh, yeah. Farmers have so much magic. This is so, (laughs) farmers are so steeped in magic. It's ridiculous, especially the Farmer's Almanac has tons of, like, uh, when we did, so I host the podcast uh, called Mansi. We do an episode about a different kind of Mansi, and then we actually try it. And Iluromancy is magic with cats. Oh. And so when we were looking, when I was doing the research for cat magic, tons of stuff in the Farmer's Almanac (laughs) about like, if your cat is behaving this way, a snowstorm is coming. But if your cat behaves this way, a bountiful harvest, you know? What is Salt Lake City's relationship to magic? Uh... Permanent. Um, Permanent? uh, I would say permanently bound to magic. Literally our entire grid system, our entire street system was devised through magic. Um, Say more about that. It's it's one giant spell. The temple is the origin. It is a place of power. It is a venerated place. And the entire grid system moves around the temple at the center of the grid. Right. And then Joseph Smith received the Plat of Zion, the map for the plans for Salt Lake through revelation, through a divine source, which he translated and created our grid system. And you know what? It worked. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, it worked. It's a good system. Uh, good, good, good job. Uh, whatever uh, angelic messenger gave Joseph Smith this grid system because it works really good. Are there other ways that magic have shaped the urban planning of our city besides the grid system? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, a lot of it is a focus on religion 
uh, right, specifically Mormonism. And Mormonism in its inception was a extremely flexible religion, much more flexible than it is now, where people would bring in their beliefs uh, and the leaders of the church would be like, yeah, we just want to grow it. Sure, let's do it. Let's let's take this. This thing's popular. Mm, okay. Big tent. A lot of that gets carried over to uh, today. I mean, even the the whole story of Brigham Young, like standing on Enzyme Peak and being like, this is the place mm-hmm. that we build our civilization. Super, super magic where he's like, well, the magic told me that this is where we do everything. Right. Because he received it through, you know, his divine sources. So one of the things that you also do besides hosting a podcast about magic, is give ghost tours in this city, I happen to know. I've done a few of those. What are some of the spookiest places in Salt Lake? So for me, haunted and sacred are very, very much the same thing. Okay. But for me, something that is truly, truly haunted is history doing everything it can to not be forgotten. This is a relatively new development. Um, It's Allen Park. The city has very recently, I think as of 2020, purchased it and turned it into a public space uh, that's just a park you can go to. Where is it? Uh, This is in Sugar House, and it's a ghost town in the middle of Sugar House. Wait, Allen Park is a ghost town? Allen Park is a ghost town in the middle of Sugar House. What? Yeah, crazy. Um, So... You go there and it's all these like abandoned buildings and abandoned like zoo exhibits. It looks like a post-apocalyptic novel. It looks like The Last of Us. Um, Whoa. It's it's quite the quite the experience, but it has an extremely wholesome origin uh, where this man, Dr. George Allen, who is the reason we have the Tracy Aviary and the Hokel Zoo, like he was a big part of, you know, animal welfare and biology study here in Salt Lake. He was a medical doctor in World War One, and uh, it was a sort of psyche-shattering experience for him, and he resigned to be more compassionate. So he became a doctor in the state prison um, that would just, you know, do his best uh, for the community, and he spent his wealth building, like he bought a plot of land in Sugar House right across from Westminster College, and uh, started building a bunch of very small, affordable duplexes uh, in this area in, like, the 50s. Okay. Uh, so that people who were poor could move in and, you know, you could help take care of the animals uh, as a way to sort of contribute to this little community that was built. Because Dr. Allen cared so much about animals, there were literally, like, zoo exhibits, like, in Allen Park, like right by him, until they could be moved to the Tracy Aviary. And to this day, wild peacocks still roam Allen Park. Okay, that was absolutely going to be my next question, was about the peacocks. Because now a lot of people in Sugar House call it Peacock Park. Yeah, because there's peacocks in it. And those peacocks are from the generations of peacocks that belong to Dr. Allen? Yep. Wow. They're living legends. Living legends, for sure. For people who live in Salt Lake or are new to Salt Lake... How could they best or how can we all best uphold Salt Lake's relationship to magic and like respect it? Where do we start? I don't think you have to respect it. Um, I think you have to respect uh, history and I think you have to respect, uh, you know, certain components of culture. Uh, but you don't got to respect magic. Magic works for you. Remember, magic is whatever you want to make it to be. Uh, so uh, if 
mad if that magic isn't working for you make up your own magic um do do your own thing that's special there's so much magic so many magic things in in utah like pando the trembling giant is a magic tree it's the heaviest organism on the planet yeah. and it's just right here at in, fish in utah. lake it's amazing you can drive you can drive two hours away and see one of the most impressive organisms on the planet right super magic um so you you get to kind of you know pick and choose your experience with spirituality here and i mean growing up mormon i did not feel like i could do that i felt like everything had to be prescribed and i had to do the right thing or else i would get you know in trouble but uh learning that spirituality metaphysics magic all of that can be whatever you want to shape it into that that it's a, a sculpture you can sculpt for yourself Thank you so much for being here on CityCast Salt Lake and sharing with me. I appreciate it. And we'll share links in our newsletter to where people can find Mansi and learn more about magic. I am working on multiple alternate reality games that serve as self-guided tours throughout the city so you can learn history and also like turn it into a sort of like game where you explore the city to find like hidden pieces of history um, and cultural lore as you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, and we're doing a play in Allen Park, uh, hopefully, um, that's going to be an immersive walkthrough play in the style of Sleep No More, where you walk through Allen Park and you explore the scenes as, at your own pace. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to that. And we'll we'll put all of this in our newsletter and make sure people know where to find all these resources. And thank you for putting in the work to make them happen and to bring all this history to life. For us yeah. and for everyone in this city. Yeah, well, thanks for uh, doing the city cast thing. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. A little news before we go. If you're like me, you probably really enjoyed the warm weather this weekend while also finding it kind of frightening. A very Salt Lake mood. Utah just had its driest January since 1961, and although snowpack levels for the Wasatch are still between 85 and 95 percent of normal, because this is a multi-year drought, it's compounding, which means that we need to be exceeding averages to get off this roller coaster. There are two water-related bills in the legislature that I'm watching right now. One, HB 242, would allow the state to tap into federal relief funds to incentivize water providers to actually measure our statewide use of secondary water, which we currently don't do in all cases. Secondary water is the untreated water used to water lawns or parks. The second water bill I'm into is HB 282, which would remove any and all existing restrictions on xeriscaping, which is a fancy word for landscaping in a way that requires little to no water maintenance. You know, rocks, desert plants, etc. They both seem to have pretty good bipartisan support so far, so that might be something to look forward to. That's all for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. Shout out to Kayla Kingsley, who wrote me to say she had no idea she needed this podcast so much. She says, just Salt Lakers talking about Salt Lake things. I hope you feel that way too. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye. The audiobook reading endurance is like, it's coming out. Yeah. <laughs>